Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Into the West. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone to please like and share the video, and also please consider subscribing to the channel to be reminded of future content. It really helps us grow the channel and get out better content for you guys. Thank you. Welcome to Into the West, a Middle Earth SVG podcast where we discuss the competitive side of the game. My name is Charles. With me today are Richard and Ian. In this episode, we'll be talking about Assault on Lothlorien, Legendary Legion from Defense of the North. And in in our review, we're going to break down the list and then we're going to share some army lists. And then on an open topic, we will be talking about the evil meta. You can find all of our lists that we talk about today on Facebook. Just search Into West Podcast. And uh, they will also be in the video version of this episode. Yeah, let's dive right into the Assault on Lothlorien Legendary Legion. So uh, I don't think we need to um, really debate that this is a really popular list going on right now. Uh, all three of us have been to tournaments this year, and we've seen it quite a bit, and uh, I believe we've all played against it. What do you guys think uh, is making this Legendary Legion so popular right now it's got all the things and it's also spicy and new so that's something i think um this one this legion actually is quite theming and like i think looking at the different legions in this book i can really respect the flavor like I think it really encompasses um, what the Legion should be. Like, there's, I mean, it's the first of its kind, uh, creating a special rule that you fight at night. I know by now people are sick of that rule, but when when we first saw it, I think a lot of people simultaneously was like, this is cool. So, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I definitely want to build this Legion. There's shenanigans all over the place. This is my play style. But then I go online and then I see all these comments saying, oh, I want to build this list. I want to build this list. I'm like, dang, this is going to be an issue. So I think most tournament goers know which Legendary Legion we're talking about if you've gone to tournaments this year. Uh, But just to uh, summarize the special rules. So this is basically an orc orc and goblin list with some beasts scattered in there and uh the named hero in this legendary legion are musgur ashrak and druzek so it's like kind of like a mordor and moria alliance and uh they have four special rules first one is cover of darkness what richard mentioned where essentially you're always playing with the clash by moonlight rule where um you know your enemy you you can't see over 12 inches and um shoot like shooting weapons get plus one to wound um it is interesting to note that uh, it doesn't affect every model in this list uh because there are some profiles in this with uh, cave dweller which makes them immune to the plus one to wound, and also lets them shoot uh beyond the 12 inches uh second special rule is ruthless savagery any model with orc and goblin keywords gain a plus one to wound if the enemy is outnumbered third special rule is dark magics every model 
in this list that can cast a spell can reroll any number of dice when they cast a spell. And the final special rule is all the spiders in your list get venom back upgrades for free if Ashrak is in the list. Very strong special rules. And personally, even the competitiveness aside, I agree with Richard. I like the flavor of this list. I like the design. And I wish that all legendary legions were like this, where there are so many ways to build it. As we get into our army lists later on in this episode, we'll see that there are many ways that you can build this list, and there are just so many cool combinations and synergies. Um, it also just happens to be a really, really powerful list. Uh, we went to, down to Nova Open this year, and uh, I believe there were, I want to say, close to 15 Assault and Lothlorians out of around 90 people. So it, it, it was by far the most common army. Uh, and and yeah, um, I do not miss playing against it. I had to play against it twice. <laughs> and uh, Richard had to play against them as well. Um, I, I played, twi- played it twice as well. Yeah. <laughs> two, two out of five games for me, two out of five games for you. That's... That's ridiculous. And I know the funny thing is, I think um, since we're all competitive players, we were both on probably closer on, you know, the the winning half of the tournament. So that's where all the assault on the Lorians were. I think the funny thing is in the bottom half of the tables, um, maybe there was one or two. And then there was... It seemed like there was ten plus assault on Lorians in the, you know, top twenty tables. No, no, the list is perfectly balanced. There's no no problems with that. No, no. I just want to get into a couple more reasons why I think it's so strong. So you can get up the numbers. Um, I forgot to mention, but Ashrak and Druzag count as hero valors in this legendary legion. And I believe Musker as well, right? So, yeah. So you you have uh, the ability to spam out your warbands. And you get plus one to wound shooting as well as in combat. So it just felt like every model can hit pretty hard. You know, they all have hard-hitting potential. And it was like if you lose some fights... You know, if, if combats don't go well in over a turn, course of a turn, you could lose so many models. And with Goblin Prowlers also in the list, it just stacks the killing power. And free Venom Backs also hit really hard. So you just have so many options of uh, models that can deal incredible amount of damage. I, I, well, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, you, you can get some kind of magic shutdown depending on the shamans that you take with like just throwing out immobilizes because of the rerolls they get to cast their spells so your magic is like pretty decent um to boost your troops with like fury and like enraged beast and stuff but also to like shut down enemy heroes um and there's a lot of it like like in almost every build you'll see you're gonna have three casters sometimes two at low points but you're usually gonna have like three or four casters um so just lots of magic and then like you said lots of shooting and then you finally get through that when you're fighting against it. And, oh, everybody has, like, plus ones to wound, like, everywhere. Or they're, like, re-rolling all their, like, failed wounds with the spiders. And it's just, like, 
it can really feel like there's nothing the list can't do. Yeah. Um, which, like, I guess if you're playing as it, you like you always walk into a situation basically, and you're like, I can deal with that, perfect. But like going against it, you're like, oh god, how do I deal with this? I, I think we were talking about um, like a certain brain exercise of trying to find a perfect counter for for this list, and I think it's doable, but I think it's tough. It's harder than you think, which I think shows how powerful it is, maybe too powerful, according to Ian. Um, <laughs> it needs a couple nerfs. Not like big things, but it, it needs nerfs. No, like, no. I, I do agree, because I would say for like any other top army, if you're specifically countering something, I think you can quite easily build a list that will destroy you know, that top tier list, like even like an Angmar or Corsairs, like these are very competitive lists. But, you know, if you were going into a matchup like that, you can build against it. But it's actually still kind of tough um, knowing you're going to come against Assault on Lothlorien and you want to counter it. But, you know, maybe there isn't like a hard, hard counter. That's what it seems like to me anyway. I think what makes the list so hard to counter is when you look at it, there isn't like a mega hero in the list that like that is like the beat stick, you know, and it relies on like spells like Shroud of Shadows, Rage Beast, uh, Bass Worms, and many of these models can move really quickly and kind of be at multiple places at once. And I think that's what's so scary about it. It's like you not only do you not know where your threats might come from, but also you don't know where they're going to hit. Um, let me just kick off with the the rating. I don't know if this is uh, like the best army right now in the meta, but I do think that it is the hardest to come up with a counter. And so maybe over time, people will find a way of beating Assault on Lothlorien, and maybe we'll see it less in tournaments next year. Um, even without an FAQ, who knows? Because sometimes over time people will figure out ways. But right now, right now I have to give it a 10 because there's been so much discussion on, on how to beat it, and there just doesn't seem to be like a definitive weakness in this list. And and I kind of agree with Ian that it has almost everything. It can almost do everything. And uh, it's a very scary list, so it gets a 10 from me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I do think it is very beatable, but, like, you can't argue that it's at the top of the meta right now, um, you know, with a few other select armies and legendary legions. So, yeah, I, I think you have to give it a 10. Um, and and my my issue is that it seems like even an experienced player uh, can can man it to a pretty decent level. Uh, there is a lot of skill in uh, maybe making the most out of the heroes, but if you're going um, mass goblin spam, you know that's a lot of plus one to wound at range, a lot of plus one to wound in combats. You're not going to break very easily you can contest objectives quite easily with just the sheer amount of models and killing power. 
it doesn't necessarily promote a whole ton of skill. Um, obviously, you do need the skill to reach that, like, you know, top top level of uh, results. You're not going to podium if you're a green player picking up a solid Lothorian, but the fact that it is still scary in a green player's hands, um, you know, might mean it's a bit overtuned. A bit overtuned. Ha ha ha. Um, I am biased because I think the way the list is constructed, I, it kind of like it shuts down a lot of the way like I build lists and the way I play. Like it seems like a very good counter to like most of the way like like my play style. So obviously I'm gonna think it's like super powerful. That being said, despite that, I still think it is <laughs> too powerful. But yeah, like I I, I think I got to give it a ten right now. Even and 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 the annoying thing too is is like I do like the way it is built. Like everybody has like been saying, like it's cool and it's got cool special rules. It just needs to get turned down a couple notches, and then it would be like still really good. But the the emphasis on player skill to do like well with it would be higher. So, but yeah, it's it's still a ten. It is the, one of the most anti shooting shooting lists there is. So. I understand your frustrations, Ian. <laughs> Ian thought that the Iron Hills Ballista was going to be the only only profile to stop his shooty lists. Bruh. Wait, that that FAQ that came out in August where it like cave dwellers was affected with shooting, like, oh yeah, that's kinda weird and stupid, but like it's not really a big deal. It's like it's fine. And all of a sudden this Legion comes out and it's like the end of the freaking world. Ugh. <laughs> Because if, if that FAQ hadn't come out, I think this this list would be, like, a lot different. But uh, whatever. Whatever. And, and that's when Ian started painting his Gundabad. <laughs> I, no, oh, freaking man. My, like, Gundabad project was the COVID project, and I finished that. And now I'm, 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 I'm walking the bear train, man. They're coming. They're coming eventually. Well, let's move on to a few of the army lists that we brought today. So, uh, first we'll be going over Ian's Assault on Lothorian list at 500 points. So, I guess I... We, we tried to, to indicate that we could, like, build different like, this list in different ways um, with all of our lists, so hopefully they're not all similar. But my assignment, I guess, was to make, like, a shooty-heavy one, um, which is kind of hard at 500 points, honestly, like... There's only so many models you can get in before, like, you just run out of slots with heroes and stuff. But I feel like I did a reasonable job. Um, anyway, so I just, I'll, I'll just run through it right now. So my first warband is Musger. He has ten orcs with spear, one orc with banner, one wild warg, and one bat swarm. Second warband is Drizag. He's got seven Moria goblins with bow, four prowlers, one wild warg, and one giant spider. My third warband is the Mori Goblin Shaman, six Mori Goblins with bow, five Prowlers, and one Wild Warg. So that's 500 points, 41 models, which is 21 dead to break. Uh, well, 20 to half, and then 21 to, to push it over. Uh, 13 bows plus nine throwing daggers and five might. So the war, the, the, the weirdest thing about this list is the warband composition right now, and that's purely because of the, the restrictions that you have. Um, when you're building the list is, is that orcs can only be led by um, orc heroes and goblins can only be led by goblin heroes. And then 
like the giant spiders have to be in Drizegger Ashrag Loren. So that kind of forced my hand in the uh, in the construction. Um, and I knew I wanted to get a ton of Moria goblins with bows and a bunch of prowlers in there too. So the, the only other way for me to get the spear supports really was like they just had to come as it works in that in the other warband, which not the worst thing, I guess, because like at least you're providing fight three across the line, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, even like looking at this, like I think it's pretty gross at 500. Like it's got the shooting. Um, I mean, what is it? Like, yeah, 13 bows, like. You should kill against like a defense defense six opponent. You should kill like maybe five or six models before you get into combat, plus whatever you get with the throwing daggers. So against a standard 500 point list, you're gonna outnumber them two to one by the time they get into combat, which is just disgusting. Um, and then uh, leader, I haven't I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> that was the the one thing I wanted I wanted to look at the profiles more closely for because I think. Does do either of them have heroic defense? Musker does. Musker does. But then doesn't Drizag have two fate? Yeah. And Drizag is usually a little bit uh more in the back ranks. Yeah. I I, I, I do believe um I think Musker also has the two fate. No, I think he's two four one. I was I looked at his profile. I think he's two four one. Uh yeah, two four one. Okay, yeah, so he... But he, he does have defense, though. But, yeah, like, he's got the two attacks, and you want to kind of regen Will with him. So I think Jozak being the, the leader is probably the, the safe bet there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's pretty gross at 500 points, so, like... It's got the numbers. It's got the bows to win the shooting war. Um, I've got... Not a lot of monsters in there, but enough that I can power up like the ones that I need to to do damage with in combination with the one bat swarm. Um, and then the Morian Goblin Shaman there. I, I guess I could swap him out for a captain if I wanted the march instead, but I'm not convinced I need it because I should win the shooting war and I have enough maneuver models. And I'd rather have the ability to make, you know, a bunch of my models pass courage tests in case I come up against like Army of the Dead or something. Um yeah. Also, that cheeky trick that Richard loves to use is doing the transfix with Zmusger and then two dice transfix with the Shaman, because with the reroll, it's, it's quite reliable. Um, and that, that can shut down big heroes as well. Uh, five might for this list actually is kind of surprising. Like It hits that the like minimum threshold, you know, the one for every hundred points, which is kind of surprising, because um, usually it's low might, but this is actually like a pretty reasonable amount of might, I think, for this list. So. Yeah, all in all, like this is kind of the embodiment of what I said earlier. I feel like it has everything. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you need to the, take the captain because the shamans are so much better in this legion. You know, they, they have uh, more warband slots and then they get the reroll to their spells. So all of a sudden, their, their five plus transfix isn't so bad. And that to just sacrifice one might uh, to get the shaman, I think it's worth it. Uh, as for the rest of your list... I think I think 13 bows is pretty gross at 500. Uh, you also take into account that you can shoot beyond your 12 inches, so you'll pretty much you're pretty much guaranteed to shoot one or two turns more than your opponent if if you move back a little bit right as they come forward, and they're effectively strength four. That's gross. I think the only thing that I might consider doing is to try to max out 
your Musker and Druzek warbands. Uh, I know that might be nice to take a few of the wild wargs like, like you did for mobility and capturing objectives, but uh, I kind of think if it was me, I would max out the warbands and try to get close to 45, but that's just like a minor, minor nitpick. The wild wargs, though, they're like, they're the same points as a prowler, because initially I had more prowlers in the list, and then I was looking, I was like, hmm, I only have two things for Druzagu and Rage Beast. I should probably swap that out. And it's, it's like a one-to-one swap. So it's, it's not hard to change the list, I guess, but like, the only way to find points is maybe breaking up the spider. But I feel like the spider batswarm combo if the spider's enraged is pretty is pretty gross. So I think keeping that is kind of nice. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think I would still give this list a hero of legend. And I, I have 500 points. Um, I I think it has as um, an insane amount of utility and hitting power for a 500 point list and your numbers are are still like way above average so yeah pretty solid list yeah i, I i'm thinking about how this would do against the the 500 point list that i i've been wanting to run for a little while which is Gilgalad and a new and captain and it would just it would eat it up it was my that good list would stand no chance it's horrible just dead it's gross i see um i see you took the little trick of putting the bat swarm in Musger's warband to maximize the the goblins. I like that. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a really good list. I um, I think similar to my 800, I I went with the goblin shaman instead of the captain. Um, it's just because you have a lot of mobility in your beasts already. I I th- I like Druzeg, but I think it's worth thinking about whether you go Ashrak and you fill out your warbands like Charles said, and you could probably even upgrade some of the troop quality a little bit more. Uh, Just because Ashrak, he might be a bit more unassuming, but his hero killing ability just with the channeled um, channel Shroud of Shadows uh, or even the regular Shroud of Shadows can really surprise heroes and take them out at low points. So you might not have the raw hitting power from Druzeg, but you'll definitely have more models, and you could definitely convert a few of them to spiders as well. Uh, one more thing that I might change is, as much as I love the bows, I might swap out a couple for shields just because the d5 i find fairly important if you come up against a very killy hero because essentially right now your entire army is d4 or less a, a d5 you know shield that you can throw into like a gilglad you know shield that there's a chance that you can really stall them for a turn or so and personally from my experience playing quite a bit of this legion i find that the bows as nice as they are they don't actually kill as much as you think they would because if you're kiting you're hitting on sixes it's it's actually the prowlers that do a lot of the uh the damage throwing weapons the throwing weapons 
do way more than the bows would, I think, unless you get really, really lucky. So taking two or three bows out, you might not be max maxing your bows, but I, I think that might be the route that I go. But yeah, it's I guess it's very hard to, you know, write a, a song of Orion Legion that is not a legend. So I give you the legend. <laughs> it's a stupid legion. It shouldn't be this. I wrote that in like five minutes. Ugh. And it can or win it tournaments. Goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll go next. I brought a 700-point list today. And uh, the leader is Ashrak. And he's leading 13 Venom Packs and one Warg Marauder. In the second Warband, we have Musgur leading one Orc Warrior with Shield, five Orc Warriors with Spear, one Warg Rider with Shield and Banner, and one Bat Swarm. And the final warband is Druzeg with three goblins with shield, one goblin with spear, four goblins with orc bow, and seven goblin prowlers. So at 700 points, that's 40 models and five might. So as you can see from this list, I've decided to take advantage of the free venom back upgrade and gone for a spider heavy list. So essentially, I'm relying on Ashrak and Druzeg to buff the spiders and let the spiders win the game for me. So um, with with their ability to ignore terrain and 10 inches, I'm hoping that I can wrap around most battle lines. And at 40 models, you know, I'm not going to outnumber every army. But with a focus on mobility, I think I would put up a pretty good fight against most even like wide spread battle lines taking so many spiders means that there's quite a few two wound models so hopefully at 40 models it means i won't break that quickly um you know it depends how the battle goes but i can also always hide a few of my orcs you know in in order to uh, slow down the number of turns it takes to break me so I took. I know Richard recommended taking some more defense five models. I I, I see that's also a weakness in my list. Um, I decided to give most of my orcs spears because they're not cave dwellers, so uh, it, it will be easy to focus down by enemy bows. So I kind of want to keep them in the second or third rank for supporting, and put my goblins in the front. So. Uh, the orcs will be more of a support role slash hide in the corner role. <laughs> so that's that's basically the list. Is um, it's spider focused, which means that I'm not taking as much advantage of the shooting and the combat plus one to wound, but I am taking advantage of the free venom backs. Ian, you want to take this one first? Just pulling it up in front of me, I find that it's just it's easier to when I have it in front. Um, it's interesting because this is kind of counter to all the other ones where it's like shooting based. Like with this build, the 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 
the fighting at night is really only helpful for you to get into combat because like you don't have that many bows and a lot of your troops don't have cave bowlers so they can still be shot within the the 18 um the 18 inch range which or no i know i sorry the it's still a 12 inch range um but at least they'll get the the your opponent will have the plus one to wound um so like i'm not convinced they're gonna get the you're gonna win the shooting war but you don't really need to you just need you just need to pull the opponent within 12 because they're only going to get one round of shooting before they have 13 spiders in the warden rod or jumping at them very quickly um it's definitely not the normal conventional build but i still think it's kind of gross there's just so many spiders i i would maybe maybe take like one more bat i think like it wouldn't be too hard to swap out a couple things for like a for another bat what i think would be good but yeah there's a lot the, the warg rider with banner to increase the radius is <laughs> we don't see that one often here so it, that's it's nice it's actually not to increase the radius it's to keep up with the spiders but oh that makes you have, sense yeah you're you got the right idea yeah that makes sense if you want to send like a force out i feel like fighting against this would be like you feel like you've accomplished something because you kill like eight spiders and you'd be like, surely they, I must be getting close to breaking them. I've done like 16 to 20 wounds or so. And like, no, I st- you're still like a quarter of the way. <sighs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know. This is It's hard to say without playing against it, but like you have the threat everywhere, basically, with all the spiders. Like there's always going to be a spider who can go in and get um, Shroud of Shadows by Ashrak. Like, you're just always going to have the one in position to do that unless the opponent, like, just has to bubble wrap at heroes constantly. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Because, yeah, because if you Shroud of Shadows, it works the same way as the ring, right? So if you get priority and you can't move a model out of the way in front of, like, a hero you want to charge, you can still Shroud of Shadows force the spider onto him, and then that model just has to pop out of the way, right? Does that still work that way? Or no, it gets popped out of the way, not the model. Never mind. Sorry, I was mixing it up. Never mind. That trick doesn't work. No, no. Yeah, it's, it gets popped out of the way, not the the invisible one you've moved. Never mind. Um, yes, it's still a gross list, I think. It's probably a legend. But I don't know. I don't feel like as scared of it because I know at least I can close with it and fighting spiders in combat isn't as like bad as you think it is, but like the fact that you have that threat everywhere. I don't know. I feel like maybe if you're fighting against elves um just like like elves that have a lot of a lot of units and not a lot of big heroes or if they just one big hero and they just kind of insulate it and keep it protected you might struggle. I still think it's probably a legend, though, but maybe, like, a soft legend. Until until I see it out, like, playing. Yeah, I, I think we just talked about how e- easy you can pilot it, um, but I think the way you wrote this list, you made it actually a very tough list to pilot. I think it has potential, but 
I think you definitely have to play it a certain way and a very different way than the standard assault on Lothlorien, or else I think you would just get killed. Uh, the worry here is you're, you're playing Clash by Moonlight essentially with D3 spiders. So that, that's going to be a risk because, sure, you're going to do a little bit of damage at 18-inch range, but then once the opponent gets into range, and if they, they also have you know a decent amount of shooting, like if they're Rohan, they have throwing spears, your spiders might be in trouble. And another thing I'm worried about is, like you said, you have to kind of think about whether you want to hide your goblins or you want them in the combats. And if they're in the combats, uh, you there's a very good chance that you might break at 40 models. So this I think this is a tough one. Um, I like it and I definitely think it has potential, but like Ian said, this one depends on the controller, depends on the the matchup a bit more. I, I think if we're talking about counters, there's probably a lot more counters to this one than the standard assault on Lothorian uh, Legion. So, yeah, I think I might give this like a, a Hero of Valor just because of the maybe a bit of holes, you know, in this list. Yeah. Is as you're talking, I'm thinking like how Theodred's guard would do against this. I think I think it would do really well against this list. That kind of a, that kind of a build, like you're saying, foot Rohan, or like a lot of just a lot of throwing spears, and then and then uh, courage negation. So like the spiders aren't doing so much. Like like they're they're going to get ganged up on. Would be an interesting fight. I'm just happy that you know this is a legendary legion that can be built so many ways that I can. You know, it can be built into a way that I would play it. You know, like a like a heavily skewed list. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was fun writing this list, but definitely agree that uh, maybe I relied a little bit too much on the venom backs. I mean, I did consider dropping the spiders down to about ten, and then swapping out Druzag for like a shaman and a captain or two shamans. So I I'd be increased my numbers by like about 10 models and and then um just not having the enraged beast and just you know just using like um spiders as they normally are as as like a rank and file fighting next to the goblins but that, that would be a different list well to be fair your hitting power on this list is so gross because the spiders are strength these ones are strength four five five strength five they're still strength five yeah strength five and you're re-rolling all your failed wounds like you want to fight you're going to kill whatever you're fighting like it, it's gonna be very rare that you don't. So it's just kind of it, is maximizing the 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 fact that they can run over terrain and like get around the back is, is what's gonna be and just making sure you don't get bogged down by their base sizes because if you engage like a shield wall with them, it's not gonna go so well. So my um, my final list is actually a list that we mentioned a couple episodes ago. Um, so if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out. Um, I think it's the first episode of this season um, when we were reviewing our tournament list. So I took it to 
uh, a recent very big tournament and I did really well in it is an 800 point assault on Florian list with all the heroes, all the named heroes, um, the Goblin Shaman, uh, Wild War Chief. Uh, I believe it was 56 models, um, around 15, 16 bows, and I think 12 Marauders. Oh, not Marauders, Goblin Prowlers. Bob <laughs> Marauders. That was a different build. <laughs> that, that was a different build <laughs> that I played against. Um, but yeah, I think that one is a little bit more standard or one of the versions that we see a lot more. Of course, um, at 800 points, there are people still going just to spam goblins and they go easily into the 60s. And they have, you know, close to 20 prowlers and over 20 bows. So, I mean, there's there's so many ways to build it and that are incredibly strong. I know the rating that I received on that previous episode was the Hero of Legend as well. So, yeah, I, I think the way we discussed it is not only can you play in different play styles, but it seems like it's pretty good at all, all points. Because the heroes are so uh, relatively cheap, like, I wonder, even at, like, a maybe 350, 400 points, you know, you grab two of these heroes and you max out the warbands. You know, off the top of my head, that sounds pretty competitive to me. You're still going to get, like, 32. You're going to, like, max it out. You're going to get 32 models in a bunch. Of like, you're still going to get the spiders and the bats. ones. like, it's... <laughs> and 10, 10 bows, which at 350 is... Yeah, that's gross. The first game I played at Nova was against the Assault on Lothlorien list with, I think, 84 models. That guy just went all out in spamming goblins and not much else. And uh, uh, I think at 800 points is definitely, I think, the level that you can... Uh, it's high enough where you can like have answers to every kind of threat. Um, but I, I do agree with Richard that it's good at nearly every points level. It's just... At, at the highest points that we usually play, which is 800, it's it's the most like annoying for me because <laughs> it's like you see you see this legion just have everything and you're just like I don't know I I, I just lose like hope sometimes. Um, okay, okay. So before we go into this like total like you know negativity. Like, I will say the silver lining is I, I'm i not sure I've seen a major tournament in the tournament scene as of right now, you know, November 2022, that, you know, has been won by an assault on La Florian uh, Legion. So, you know, these flagship events that we see in North America and Europe and Australia, I haven't really seen one. So I don't know if that says something where it seems like, you know, from our anecdotal experience, it's such a dominant list. You know, it's obviously strong, but, you know, there must be some sort of weakness or reason why, you know, they're not getting the first place result because you know if it's so strong and also there's a lot of people taking it you would assume that they'd be winning these major events i think it's getting a lot of podium placements though isn't it 
So it, it, that might just be an indication of, of it's, it's winning a lot of games, but it's not getting like the big wins. Right. So, so you think it's just a matter of time then? It's maybe just an unlucky coincidence? I Well, not, ne- not, not, not necessarily, right? Like, like there can be some lists that are really, really good and they're not going to drop a game, but they're not going to get like high VP scoring scores, right? So then that, that just kind of drops them down when it comes to the final scores in like, you know, tournaments that have five or six games, right? You need, you just need VPs in, in addition to wins just to, to place highly. I mean, that's a good point. I think we talked um, to some locals at Clash about this issue and we noticed that um, it could be something to do with uh, the general army size. If you're playing a uh, 60 plus army model, you know, list and you're sitting back and shooting. So the issue with most horde armies is they're marching up, they're getting aggressive, they're getting into combats like Goblin Town, you know, and what else is <laughs> I'm just thinking Goblin Town, but I'm sure there's other, oh, like um, Army of Gothmog, you know, Alex's uh, list that clashed too, it was around 60 models, but those get into combat, those tries to end games. And I find that if you're constantly shooting and kiting and you're holding the 60 model army, you have a lot of magic to cast through. That takes time. A lot of the times, um, you're not going to get the natural finish. I think it kind of does come a bit of a scramble. Like, maybe scramble isn't the best way, but you're, you're definitely, like, very concerned about getting the VPs before time runs out. Even, like, our games at Clash were almost two and a half hours. They're, like, like 2.15. And, like, when I played against the assault list and then like in the practice games when we played when we had the timer going like the timer we would go off and you'd maybe be breaking or like both armies would maybe be breaking that turn or the turn before um in like almost every one of the ones that i've played in i don't know if, if that's been your experience with the other ones but I, I will say i only had one natural finish out of five and i'm a pretty quick player so that that isn't the norm for me So while we're on the topic of some of the potential weaknesses of this Legendary Legion, uh, like if we were hypothetically going to a tournament and we're going in knowing that there's going to be a lot of this Legion in the roster, like what can we do, what would you do in terms of list building to kind of counter or prepare yourself for, for, for this Legendary Legion? So are we saying, hypothetically, if we're going into a five-game tournament, we're going to play this list twice? Let, let, let's say, let's say like, you expect to play at least once and to play times. Yeah, like, it's, 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 like, if you're shooting for a podium shot, you're like, I'm going to play this at least minimum one. Okay. Um, well, general thoughts that I've had about the, the Legion in general and, like, how to counter it, and I... Is like I think magic will counter it like reasonably well, um, which it's like like I, and I'm I'm not this is all theory I haven't I haven't tried this out yet because I, I just know like locally nobody really run, runs wizards right now and I think seeing any of the three wizards going up against this this list might be really interesting. Um, because they can like 
counter the monsters and stuff. Or even, like, not even just the wizards. Like, if you got a combo of, like, Elrond with Lindir or Elrond and Arwen, Arwen together, where they can knock down a lot of the enemy line with the, the Wrath of Bruinins and it's, like, low defense stuff, like... I don't know, that could, that could be... That could do it. I actually disagree with Ian. I think that, well, well magic is pretty broad in, in general. Overall, it's, it's a pretty broad term, but I think most magic you take in order to, like, neutralize key targets, and I feel like that's the, uh, like, the opposite of what Assault on Lothlorien is. You can neutralize Musgur, you can neutralize Zashrak, and there are still, like, five or ten other models that are going to be a threat. So, I mean, I, I think magic is a nice tool to have in your list. But I, in my opinion, I think the I think the only magic that like would really help you is blinding light. And and I know it's, it's, it sounds weird because blinding light actually uh, um, reveals you in the dark. But like I'm not talking about like turning it on like right at the beginning. I'm 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 referring to like when you get up close, like Richard said, goblin prowlers are are probably the hardest hitting shooting attack in, in the Legion. So having blinding light when you get up close probably makes a pretty big difference. Um, the other one counter I want to mention is probably um, having cheap high defense troops, ideally uh, higher fight value than orcs and goblins. So like, I'm not sure. I didn't really come up with any examples beforehand, but like corsairs, maybe like oh, well, not high defense, but like spam I, fight four. Yeah, or yeah. So I'm thinking like Arnor, you know, something that's cheap and kind of hard to wear down and can grind. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think there is like an army that's like okay, this one is going to counter. Assault on Lothorian list. I don't think that list exists, but there are certain aspects. Like, you might have to do an alliance list in order to get a good good one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump back to the wizards thing for a second. What I was thinking is just, like, well, Gandalf kind of gets you everything, because he's got the blinding light and he's got the compel, so he, he kind of brings both, but, like, the idea with, like, Gandalf or Saruman would, would Gandalf blinding light once you get close, like you mentioned, but then also being able, if they only have, like, one or two bats, compel a bat over your lines, kill it, that reduces the risk to your combat heroes immensely if you can get rid of those things. Um, so you kind of, like, you have to systematically go through and, like, target things. Or if you had the other one I was thinking of on the evil side, which is probably better, I think it is two ring wraiths, and they just sap will the crap out of the 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 the, the heroes in Assault on Lothlorien before they can do anything, before you get into, like, the stage where you're engaging. So you kind of, like, keep within 12, but, you know, outside of charge range for, like, a turn or two and just sap will the crap out of them and, and just make it so they can't do anything. And then it becomes a straight-up fight between whatever your horde of orcs against a horde of goblins, which you should win because you have the fight value. Yeah, Ganoff the White has... Um... Fortify Spirit, too, so that could be a little bit useful. I know um, Ashrak and Drew's Eggs aren't offensive magic, but Musker and the Shamans are. Um, so, who knows? Gandalf the White could be the new meta. But uh, I I don't know, actually, um, about how I feel about Wizards, um, because I think they do have some counter spells. But 
they're too expensive in my opinion and i think assault on lothorian uh their thing is all about shutting down expensive heroes so if you get transfixed before you can cast a spell that's a lot you know if, if you're evening out saying half the game you get the transfix first half the time the wizard gets the transfix on your shamans you know the wizard is going to lose out on the value battle and then also you have to watch out for the invisible spiders the bat swarms you know because usually wizards tend to be on the back line so i do agree that if you're going to go magic i think you go uh, budget magic so like the ring raids um i think in that way you're similar you're similar in points value so you can really compete and force force the shamans to use their will either resisting or yeah just get their will drained um for me the one counter i would say is also movement i think that is very important to be able to close in um, without taking much damage from the throwing weapons um, you don't want the prowlers to be able to cut you or get a full turn of you know throwing you know a full rank of prowlers throwing their daggers at you because a lot of the times that could just end the game um, i find that you know playing a you know another really strong legendary legion like the host of the dragon emperor or some of the cavalry lists if you can somehow avoid the bow shots and not take too much damage from that being able to close in and basically threaten combat um you know and not take too much damage from the throwing daggers i think allows you to keep your numbers and once you get into combat i think assault on lothorian is beatable especially if you still retain you know some decent numbers so they don't constantly surround you and outnumber you that's a good point um do you have a specific army in mind that would have that the composition or would you say that you would need to kind of have like a mishmash sort of list to get that so i was actually thinking we were talking about blinding light do you guys know if the Shadow Lord's uh, darkness actually works against the the Moria goblins as well. Can they can they see through that? I it doesn't say that it reveals the area, so I think I don't think it's like blinding light. Yeah, I think I think it just gives the negative. I think it just makes you hit on a six. Okay, well, assuming that's the case, I think. I like the Shadow Lord, a bit of magic, like Ian said, um, you know, mitigate the shooting and without the disadvantage of blinding light. And I also like the idea of con chariots. You know, there's a lot, a lot of D4. You can ally in, um, you know, variants of con. And the thing is, con is very afraid of magic right but a lot of the times that's usually because of the compel and assault on authority does not have access to compel it only transfix so it's you know if they're not going to make you run into your own chariots or your own your own uh warriors so it's not 
it's not too bad. And I think if you can get a good turn, you know, you can crush a lot of goblins. And also, like I said, it's this, it's about the speed, you know, um, they'll have very limited turns to be able to shoot you. And if you do it right, they probably won't even get a full round of, uh, of prowler hits on you only, you know, on the following turns, if they win priority, they're countercharging. but you know, you, you can't really mitigate that. It's interesting you mentioned the Shadow Lord, because that, that's kind of who I was going to bring up as, as the Wraith, too, um, for the build that I was kind of thinking of, like, the Shadow Lord and the Witch King and maybe, like, Suladan or something, just to get the banner effect um, in, in, in the other the magic build that I was talking about. But got me thinking now, would, would Camels be a good counter to this, too? You think? Like, like you don't I, I, a lot more than, than the Chariots. I like the impact hits, but I'm a, a little bit afraid of getting shot down, because... Camels are a bit softer because the, the chariots. What I like is they do have like that defensive bulwark. Yeah, I I'm with Richard there. I think camels you want to target like a valuable like mounted hero or something. Um, in order for a camel to make its points back, it's going to have to impact like three or four goblins, and because they are they're almost twenty points, so. I don't think it's efficient. Like the mechanic, the mechanic is certainly nice, but I think if you want to like do that in mass, I think chariots is the better way to go. They're also way harder to take down. All right, so those have been our some of our ideas on ways to counter assault on Lothlorien and also our review of the legendary legion. Uh, let's move on to our open topic, uh, which we'll be talking about the evil meta. Today we'll be talking about the current evil meta and you know we've discussed it a little bit already in this episode with Assault on Lothlorien and how um, this year several of the large tournaments we've seen it uh, kind of take over the events a little bit at least like in the top 10 you know maybe not take the tournament but pretty like rank pretty high and uh, I noticed it um, especially at Nova Open, where out of 90 or 95 people, I believe there were only around 30 good lists. Uh, and <laughs> that was pretty shocking. I mean, I expected the uh, evil to be popular because Defense of the North had just come out a couple months before that, but I didn't expect it to be that one-sided. Uh, do you guys have any sort of just opening comments on why do you think that is currently i think that's a fair point right because like like you said evil just got two big legendary legions that are really good so that's improving things a lot i mean and also the other thing is it's just easterlings in general kind of received a lot of new life with this book showing up so i think people are kind of like bringing them back out of the woodwork which is having an effect but we're still kind of seeing the trend towards evil before the book came out, right? But but it's it's definitely like you can really see the skew now. Well, 
I just um, am wondering because at the beginning of this edition, um, when I started playing competitively, there was a lot of talk about how the meta was so heavily in good favor and the meta was what bringing these really heavy hitting mounted heroes and you just smash. I think um, it was, they even talked about it on North of the Shire podcast. So it's funny how, I guess, at least the North American meta has changed uh, so much and actually reversed itself, you know, within two, two to three years. Well, it's also fair to point out that, I guess, by contrast, it seems like there's a lot more evil stuff because we're used to a lot of good. So that that's an interesting point, too. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the edition, it was... Uh, I kind of just assumed because there were less evil armies and less evil profiles, and that's why we were seeing less evil. But, you know, considering about half the factions that uh, we don't really see all that much at tournaments i don't think the number of choices is all that relevant uh if an army is good as we can see like the two new legendary legions for evil side if, if, if something is good people will take it and so i think a few things so one probably the faq had something to do with it so uh recently we had the rangers of athelian nerf and uh the lady of light nerf so with the Rangers of Thillian nerf, I don't know if you guys would agree, but uh, is it safe to say that more more than half the evil armies in the game are not are like weak against shooting? Because if that's the case, like I, it makes perfect sense. You know, there's less shooting, so evil becomes more popular. Wait, so if there's less Lady of Light, that means there should be more shooting, right? Yeah, so <laughs> for, for the Lady of Light, I had a different point. So uh, perhaps perhaps that, that destroys my argument, but the reason why I mentioned Lady of Light is because uh, she is a counter to spirits, and the majority of spirits are on the evil side. So like with Lady of Light no longer allied into every you know yellow list um now you will see more barrel whites you'll see more wraiths and uh it's it's not as scary bringing them into a tournament because you won't run into a lady of light every other game it also just seems like there's not a lot of yellow lists now in general like yeah yeah i think i think it's just a legendary legion meta um there's just so many more of them and I think we just mentioned even before Defense of the North. I would say overall, I mean, I would love to do an analysis on this, but I would say for the most part, it seems like the evil legions have been stronger since their release. I know like um, uh, Riders of Thaden and um, the Rangers of Athelion, those two um, come up you know, to the top of my head for the very competitive, good legendary legions, but both of them were, you know, taking down a notch in the FAQs. So is there is there a current one that is like top tier right now for the good side? They are names? I don't know. Like no, no. like they're they're good, but they they can still get shut down. I I haven't played against the, the list though, so like I'll I'll withhold judgment on that. But I it, it's kinda like 
it's not the meta, but I feel like it's kind of meta breaking. Like people who are shooting for the podium will come up against that and just get like smacked down. Really? I, I, I didn't realize it was that good. I think it has that potential. I don't know. Just like I've watched YouTube videos of it, and like people get into combat and it just wipes them in like three turns. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. To me, it, it seems it's kind of like but it seems kind of like a an army that a ringer would bring. I don't know. I, I, maybe, but I, I also feel like it's an army a ringer would bring and then accidentally win. You know, four out of five of their games. <laughs> accidentally. Well, I think I think the people are talking about the Bjornings more because it's a cool concept and it's in their cool models over like just hard competitive level um because if you think about it like uh out of the new legendary legions from defense of the north the evil ones have by far been taken more than the good and by far been talked about more um i i don't remember talking to or seeing a single um arab or legendary legion at anova uh like um iron hills and dale I, i don't i don't remember seeing any of them so and i saw a couple dale legions but it seemed like they were there to have fun when i when i went to talk to them so um i think evil also just having to have the stronger written legendary legions is definitely it because um on facebook occasionally we'll see to's post like diagrams of like breakdowns of uh what people have brought to the tournaments and I think like there's a huge chunk of them that are legendary legions now compared to a few years ago where I would say mo- there were more pure and historical alliances than legendary legions but I think legendary legions has um, creeped up and uh it might even be in first place right now. So Yeah and and you're not even mentioning uh the other assault assault upon Helm's Deep. That one even after you know a slight tuning in the FAQs, it's still you know definitely a competitive list. That's where I want Assault on Lothlorien to be. <laughs> so a little tune up, tune down. I don't know. Remove the nitrous or something. Well, I can say that after two nerfs and not doing so well at Nova, I think Assault on upon Helm's Deep is. You know, I think it's where it's supposed to be. I know that people still think it's really good, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's too good anymore. Uh, so, so where where do you guys see the meta going next? Like, it, obviously, we don't know what is what is coming out next, but like, when's the next book? <laughs> <laughs> like, what what do you want? Um, what are you hoping uh, happens and that, and like, what do you hope that the meta turns into? Like, so we've had before this evil meta, we had like, at least locally, we had like a siege engine meta, which was not fun for people <laughs> shooting meta, you know, where people brought ranges of Thillian and that was also like um, really like anti fun for some people. Um, do you guys think that it should shift back to like, somewhere in the middle or do you think that it's going to turn to good side or it's going to stay evil or it's going to keep dominating until they uh, make changes to their most powerful lists right now 
I'd like it to swing back to the middle. I think that that'd be it, like in a good spot. Um, I I don't know. I, I know I just joked about the next book coming out. That that changing the mind. I think the bigger thing is is when the February FAQ comes out. February February FAQ comes out. Um, there's things hinging on that, so, and and I think. You know, that's going to be very contingent on if we keep seeing, like, the evil dominating as of right now. That, that's the one that's on the horizon. Unless, like, surprise, another book comes out in, like, January or something. Like, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, it's it's the FAQ. No, I, Ian, I don't think your joke is that much of a joke. I think there's some there's a lot of truth into it. I, I do think now it seems like the meta is riding on the new legendary legions being written because to me it seems like every book um will probably have two or three competitive uh legendary legions the other ones will range from mid-tier to uh more of a meme but within those two i think it will depend on whether they land on the good side or the evil side and i guess for the last little while it's they've tended to be evil um, what I'd like to see, however, is for them to write more um, profiles, whether it's for heroes or warriors. And if it's for heroes, you know, ideally, they're heroes of valor. So I can, uh, you know, write more shenanigan lists, you know, to balance it out. Because I, I know it seems like I got a lot more hate you know, a little while ago uh, for bringing yellow alliances. But now that everyone's thinking Legendary Legions, I feel like now it's kind of hip, you know, a little bit hipster to to take a yellow alliance. And, and people look at it and they appreciate it a bit more. You know, they're like, that's a cool list. <laughs> I know Ian got that a little bit at Clash. <laughs> Most of what I got was people looking at me very confused by the time I finished listing the heroes. Like, huh? what? But then you said something about alternate army, alternate <laughs> alliance, and they were like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's great, great alternate idea, battle you know? of five armies." <laughs> it works. Um, I okay to to amend the like we were saying about how it is kind of swinging on the books. It's also kind of dependent on some like other. It, it's legendary legions, no matter what I think right now. But it's also on some other lists, kind of like that are sleepers that haven't. That kind of missed the spotlight when their book came out, and then people go back and play and look. Oh, that's actually really good. Like um, Theodred's Guard. I love that one. Stay one. Um, but like, there's I don't remember who it was, but there's a couple of people in the UK who started bringing that one a lot, and it, like it was winning like a lot of big big events. Um, and you know, I, I I mean, on the East Coast, I've heard something about Helm Hammerhand showing up a lot more. You know, so. It, it's still legendary legions, but it's kind of ones that missed the spotlight of the big flashy ones that first came out, and then people are kind of going back and trying out other things and being like, oh, this is really solid. But it isn't shocking. Those ones are good, but they have caps on the points values where they're good at. Incredible. Uh, so so what you're saying is that the good legendary legions might be better at lower points, and because our meta is probably 800 points, that... Maybe that might be why we're seeing a lot more evil too, you know. Whereas, like, I think places in the UK tend to have smaller points value tournaments. I didn't think about that, but that sounds very smart. 
So, yes. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about it being new releases, Ethic Cubes, and Legend of the Legends for a while. What if it's simply a fact that people are realizing in the scenarios a lot of them are objective-based, and evil armies just have a lot more cheap troops so you can get the big fun heroes or the big fun things to use and a ton of troops to win games? What if that's just kind of like where it's heading and evil just does that better? I mean, I don't know if that's exclusively evil. I mean, there are plenty of armies on the good side that cheap troops as well. Um, but you might be right. I mean, if the newer scenarios are being more um, focused on objectives and discouraging death balls, it could encourage more people to take the new legendary legions, which allow you to spam out so I can see those two things being sort of related. Well, I think what Yoon is trying to say, and I think I do agree a little bit, is good side might tend to have a little bit more of a death ball-y um, shield wall kind of strategy uh, for more of their lists. So, you know, that would be less advantageous in a lot of the mobility scenarios whereas evil i think you can take a lot of you know fly units you know monsters spiders you know crazy crazy stuff like that that i think gives you an advantage you know goblin mercenaries i think in general i feel like good probably has a lot less access to these shenanigans like you know if you're if you want a flying unit you got to get an eagle quite here which is 150 points whereas i think three factions or there's three bat units you know cribane as well like i don't know there's just a lot more i think variety of super mobile evil units yeah i can agree with that and also when you brought up shenanigans you know my 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 mind just went to Watcher in the Water, Gulivar, um, you know, most of those are on the evil side. So definitely agreed there. Well, that's that's kind of the thing. And it like, I'm generalizing really hard here, but most good armies, you're going to have like your normal troop, your elite troop, but it's still just like a troop. Like it, it doesn't have like a big move value, like like a bat, like 12, it doesn't do anything like that. And a cavalry. And then you're going to have some small heroes, and maybe one or two big heroes. Whereas on the evil side, you can get that, but you're also going to get, like, your big heroes are reduced. You don't get as many of those, but you get big monsters, which can do, like, real power attacks and stuff. You can get, like, more magic is more, is more prominent, like, lots of cheap cheap magic. Um, you, you can get the the crazy fun troops, like the spiders, the bats, the gravane, um, whatever else. And, like, you think it might just be more interesting to people? More play styles? All right. So that has been our discussion on the current evil meta. Please let us know uh, what you think. And thank you to all our listeners for listening. Look forward to the next episode of Into the West podcast.